Let's do it. I would ride my dirt bike from Woodley Park through DuPont Circle, then up, uh, up Giving to me nostalgia right now. <laughs> Wisconsin Avenue, and then back down. And I would stop at this place called KB News Shop that sold butterfly knives. Oh my God! And I and they also sold uh, like Spanish um, illustrated nudie magazines. <laughs> Those and, are your two favorites. <laughs> and I would get a refreshing YooHoo. Oh, God, this was I love it so much. Pre-muscle milk, you know? Oh, of course. So I, I so I have this YooHoo here. Uh, I think it's because to teleport me back to this era in my life. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> and uh, if you're if you're listening, which you are, because clearly you're hearing my voice, this is Gabe Pacheco, as always, uh, for the Eat, Pray, Judge podcast. And unfortunately, Sammy Hamarne, who is usually on mic number two, is out because he has a uh, surprise restaurant inspection today, and he's got to be on site to make sure that they get that A plus rating. You know, because I don't I get eat, it. I don't eat at restaurants that that have the B rating. Oh, we'll see. I almost exclusively eat at restaurants with the B rating. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a nasty bitch. <laughs> and uh, nasty bitch on Mike <laughs> two today uh, is my dear friend. <laughs> The one and only Courtney McGinnis. Oh my God, Gabe, I am so happy to be here. I'm so honored you'd ask me to do this pod, and I cannot wait to talk about this movie. It's my favorite, favorite, favorite thing. Yeah, so we brought you on board today to talk about another John Hughes banger. Uh, he <laughs> banger. <laughs> we had we've had uh, several discussions about John Hughes movies. Which and, ones have you done? Well, uh, there will be. There's one coming down uh, the pike. And okay. it, it, we're going to be doing a, well, Breakfast Club, everybody. Ooh, so get ready. Get ready. Love Keep it. tuning in because you're going to hear a Breakfast Club episode coming out after this oh. one. We also did Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, God, that movie is so beautiful. Right? Cry every time. Heartwarming. See, that this is, and and we can get into it. We'll, we'll start. But the, the John Hughes, John Candy is just it for me like right. that's why planes and trains like breakfast club is great but like oof, those heartwarming john candy movies oh my god people think that john hughes's muse is molly ringwald you know but i think that john Ooh, hughes's I love this. secret muse is mr john candy, candy baby i that's love right. it i love it so yes uh yeah and and uh let's like just go back in time a little bit to uh when did you first see well this movie came out in 1989 did you see it then no i was a year and a half old when this movie oh wow you were a little gerber baby i was a little gerber baby and god i was cute okay you you, there's photos i'll post them uh but i sure uh, you were you were a a thick baby i was a thick baby (laughs) i'll tell you that right now t-h-i-c-c i I also had a huge forehead still do Uh always had bangs bangs since i was 
born. Okay, I'm yeah. a I'm a bang girl. You Me and Rihanna. Out, you were a, a, like a little hairy werewolf baby. <laughs> I really was. Sure, yeah. that's weird though. Some babies they do come out like that, like yeah. like kind of feral and furry, and then they <laughs> all full body fur, and then they shed it. You know, can I tell you something? My dad has told me before. I was a preemie also, and my dad told me I was the ugliest baby he's ever seen in his life. That is yeah. crazy. Yeah. So I went to a uh, party for um like my parents' friends, and there were two of them that had had babies, so it was a baby party. Like I uh, love a baby party, and uh, I and I was not. I was rude. I was like a bad teenager, and I remember like I'm with badass. my mom, and we're like looking at these two kids, and one of them looked very piggish, and the other one looked <laughs> no. very like uh, monkey, like Planet of the Apes monkeyish. Mm-hmm, sure. And everyone around, all the old people are like, "Yeah, they're great." <laughs> And I'm oh. sitting there just, you know, forking down my uh, tres leches. And I was like, Mom, those are the ugliest babies I've ever seen. And she did a spit take. She did like an old school black and white movie sped up film. I love it. I yeah. love, you know when a baby has like an old man face? Yeah. you're like, what is that? why is that baby so, you know, why is that baby doing taxes? Yeah. You know, it's really what? weird. But that was, that was me as a kid. So, so when this movie came out, I was ugly but cute. You know sure. what I mean? No, I get that. Yeah. Uh, I love, but, I also like the term ugly hot. Ugly hot. That was me. Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, but I, uh, this movie was, so my family are big movie people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's like our, you know, favorite family activity, going to the movies, uh, watching a, movies. a great way to not talk. Love to not talk. Not about anything real, you know. Right. We're football and movie people, okay? So we're just aggressive and you shove your feelings down and you then you cry in a movie, you uh-huh. know, and you don't, no one talks about it. <laughs> And also, my dad loves the movie. Uh, movies. I used to, uh, this is the 90s we're talking about, so I had like a mini backpack. You know, everyone had a mini backpack in the yeah. 90s, every young girl. You had your PJ Sparkles in the of backpack? Of course. I got, mine was from Limited 2. It was corduroy. It had like flowers on it. It was amazing. And my dad used to make me sneak like beers and like mini miniature vodkas into the movies for him so he could get drunk while he was <laughs> while he took us to like kids' movies. So. I, I swear to God, <laughs> as you're saying that right now, I'm immediately thinking of Clint Eastwood's movie, The Mule. Yeah. But we yeah, do yeah. a sequel where it's just, <laughs> it's just uh, grandpa a with, a old, with a little kid because they were like they're not gonna check your stuff you know yeah. so i got a backpack full of beers or know? that could be like a remake uh sort of like a cartel narcos remake of uncle buck <laughs> of uncle buck exactly we'll make a t.o buck well, and he- oh my God. well that's why i don't i mean i don't want to jump ahead and i'll talk about when i first saw this movie but uh the this movie resonates with me i think so deeply because i no Uncle Buck. Like all my dad, my dad, my dad's friends are John Candy in this movie. Can we just say that people, uh, uncles are the coolest? Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, aunts are pretty cool too. Aunts are pretty cool, especially when they drink a lot. That's kind of funny. Yeah. You know? I love, love a drunk aunt. Love a tipsy aunt. Oh, God. Uh, like, like, she's a, so proud of you. Like a boozy Babs. I love and it. She's just there hanging out. And <laughs> I had a couple really cool uncles that one of them took me to amusement parks, took me to Six Flags. Oh, the and- Maryland one? Uh, well, yes, a king. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, there was King's Dominion. Yes, of course. Yes. Oh my God, that we were a King's Dominion family. Sure, oh, yeah. there we go. And then I had another uncle, and he would he uh, when he for, my parents never took me to the monuments in D.C. when I was really little. You know, there's this mm-hmm. thing where when you live somewhere, you don't actually see the things. Absolutely, like. 
uh, as a New Yorker, I never, ever, ever, ever want to be in Times Square. Never. You know? And I think I've gone to the Statue of Liberty once when somebody from out of town dragged me there. Yes. And you're upset about you're it. You're like, oh. So yeah. you're in D.C., of course, you know, we, it's an embarrassment of riches. And it's like, I don't want to. I, I never went to the monuments with my parents. They didn't want to drag me there on a weekend when they were, you know, yeah. uh, taking a day off from work. Of course. I only went on field trips. Yeah. That's the only time. And I had an uncle and he was like, we got to go see this. My uncle Benny. And he had uh, nine fingers, not ten. <laughs> And there's something really interesting when you're a little kid and you see a man with uh, four fingers on a hand. And, you know, there's a story behind it. And uh, he also loved, you know, I was like, I like video games. And he's like, I love Galaga. And it was the first adult I heard just name drop a video game that I also played. Oh and my I was God. like, you're the coolest. I love it. So. I love it so much. Well, all my uncles, so I, my whole family, I grew up near you, but I grew up yeah. in Northern Virginia. And all my uncles and aunts all lived close to me. So my house was like kind of the epicenter of the family. So there's always people at my house, always drinking, always partying. Like I, uh, I, every time I would come home from school, there'd just be a bunch of my dad's like contractor, roofer, like friend, landscaper friends, just drinking Coors Light on the back deck and I'd come home from school and they'd just like call me gay and you know they're just like you know just That's like right. give me shit and you're like four years old yeah they're like look at this little bitch and I'm like guys <laughs> <"Nice."> <laughs> all gamblers smokers like so this uncle but they're they're all like lovable you know they're right. my family so like that's why i think john candy in this movie is perfect he's like kind of a piece of shit he's like a trashy guy he like won't commit to his his girlfriend he's gambling on horse race he's cheating on horse racing he's smoking cigars at the bowling alley but i'm like ah that is my family sure john hughes was like let's put a charles bukowski protagonist yeah. into this family drama oh. and see what happens but could you i mean john candy is truly one of the most lovable on-screen presences you could possibly imagine. Like, you just look at him and you're like, you, no matter what character he plays, how annoying he is, he's just, to me, I'm just like, he's just so likable. It's insane. Yeah, so this movie came out in 1989 and John Candy is at like the at the height of his, oh, yeah. uh, of his uh, comedic powers. Yeah. But he'd been uh, swinging for the fences since the late 70s and yeah. he was on SCTV, SCTV yeah. which was the cooler version of SNL. Mm -hmm. because they pre-recorded all of their sketches <laughs> which means which that it's just better <laughs> yeah i everything just la it it stands the test of time much better when oh something is pre-recorded and you edit it and you rehearse it and yeah. you actually you know put time and effort and care into it yeah you can perf perfect the timing they're not reading off the cue cards i have a hard time watching snl yeah you ever watch snl stoned it's tough because <laughs> you're like you can see their eye you're just focused on like the wrong parts of it it's weird um, and, uh, but our friends that work on snl are great and i love them yeah but, they're you great know. <laughs> they're great i mean everybody has to work so hard yeah. to make a mediocre product Ooh, and it's shade. I not love it. because it, and it's not because they are they are the best of the best it's more that the, t the constraints that they're being put under are absolutely preposterous. And now, like with video, I mean, our lives are surrounded by our phones and video on our phones. And that shit can be edited so easily and quickly and made into like the funniest shit just from like editing or effects or any i think the video sketches they do on snl are incredible but yeah. yeah it's like why am i gonna watch a sketch show like that if i can watch i think you should leave yeah yeah and oh my God. uh oh my why God. and and why am i gonna oh, care about the weekend update if i'm scrolling through twitter and people's hot takes that happen are instantly just are so funny are as good yeah agree yeah, totally why agree. wait a week 
Totally agree. <laughs> oh, bitch, we're coming for you, SNL. John uh, Candy forever. Yes. Uh, let me, let's get into the, the context that this movie came out in. So 1989 was a very different world than right now. Everyone is listening to uh, Young MC's Bust a Move. Woo! They can't get, at least I am. Which is in the film. Yes. At the house party. How fun. Yeah. What would it be like if you lost your virginity to Bust a Move? <laughs> <laughs> In a in a in a in gray area, maybe consent sex. Yeah, so, weird. Yeah, that scene. Sure. I mean, honestly, John Hughes goes for it. You know, yeah. we're talking about some serious issues here. L- luckily, it's not a song that you hear every time you walk into the Bagel Smith, so you're not triggered constantly. <laughs> not triggered. It's not Michael about- Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> no one's like, we need to put this on at the wedding, yeah. so Grandma will dance. <laughs> I love it. Well, and also, this is a big year for Paula Abdul. Tell me more about that. I fucking, oh, Paula. Wow. Where do I even begin? She, I think she had like three number one hits this year. Cold Hearted like Snake was one of my, uh, I'd listen to that with my dad whenever we were in the car driving. Oh my God, that's so fucking adorable. <laughs> yeah. We'd both be singing to it, you know? I'd be like, cold, 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 cold hearted snake. And he'd be like, yeah, mijo, that's right. Cold, 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 cold hearted. <laughs> Wait, you know what else came out this year? Speaking of a diva powerhouse, like a prayer, Madonna. Yeah, blasphemous. On. Lived across the street from a church. Yeah. I was raised top by nuns, and now I'm seeing this uh, young, scantily clad vixen with my, a crucifix on. My God damn Jesus Christ. Yeah, with a, <laughs> yeah. With a black Jesus. With a black Jesus? Yeah. I mean, Madonna. Ugh, everything. Blowing also- my mind. Who needs a tab of acid when Madonna is there ripping the uh, veil away from the <laughs> eyes so you see reality clearly? Uh, honestly, I love acid. <laughs> I did it last weekend. It was great. Uh, but Madonna is like my uh, musical asset. I will say that. I, the, I looked up, because we talk about like... Uh, billboard a lot on my podcast so i looked up the number one song when this uh movie came out and it was right here waiting by richard marks which if you don't know that song i mean that should be everybody's wedding song i think <laughs> that is, that song is full of longing and it is uh it, it is a sad ballad it and is richard marks beautiful playing piano oh and on the, mtv and the, on mtv and the video is so fucking 80s i just it's amazing so amazing smoky uh, you know, like a skylight, just, you know, pure sad sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. E- emo- emotional. Emotional. Totally. Very emotional. So uh, so there's R- Richard Marks. Uh, I was going to say Tone Loke was also. Oh, yes. And Millie Vanilli had some hits that year. Sure. Too. My mom loved Millie Vanilli. Blame it on the rain. <laughs> she just I like, think that came out yeah. in 89. Yeah. She's like German black men in bicycle shorts. Lip syncing. Lip syncing. Speaking of lip syncing, excited to see J-Lo at the Super Bowl tonight. Ooh, shade. (laughs) (laughs) We're dating this podcast now. I said it. (laughs) So you're going to hear this maybe a couple days after the Super Bowl, and hopefully the team that you uh, put all your money on in your sort of uncut gems, compulsive (laughs) gambling uh, binge. In your your Uncle Buck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uncle, B- I love gambling. I love gambling. Yeah, I like Why watching not? movies about it. I don't do it myself. I, but. I'm not a gambler. I'm not a gambler. I'm yeah. a drinker and a smoker, not a gambler. Sure, both those things feel good, and I know exactly how much they're costing me. Yes, 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 yes. At least I give my money, and I'm not expecting it back. You know, sure. I'm just like, I go with the wind, buddy. You know, yeah. I can't. I don't like addictions that uh, that um, sort of uh, play off hope. Yes. No, 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 no. I just need to be more depressed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so uh, what happened? Oh, depressing. 
after eight years of Ronald Reagan being in office, we have a continuation of the Republican policies because George Bush yes. Sr. became yeah. president in 1989. Wow. Uh, that's right. We elected a former CIA spook and the son <laughs> of a war profiteer who made money working with the Nazis into the highest office of the land. USA, <laughs> USA. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Uh, the silver lining to this was that Dana Carvey crushed it playing George Bush on oh SNL. Oh my God, that is, that's, I cannot, are you, can you do impressions? I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I cannot, I am first of all tone deaf. I cannot sing uh, and I cannot do impressions. It is really like, the most embarrassed like whenever i get put on the spot to sing or do impress i just can't hear it yeah. you know what i mean i just can't i get so i get a panic attack every time i go anywhere anytime people invite me to karaoke oh no i can't do it yeah I can't do it sure well now i'm imagining you singing richard marx's song <laughs> i will <laughs> be right here waiting for you making uh, like inappropriately strong eye contact with my husband, at the, yeah, <laughs> who's at the bar just trying to enjoy his. Uh, like, honey, honey, come sit down, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh well, you know what? Uh, R.I.P. to Ted Bundy. He was executed in 1989. What a guy! <laughs> uh, the end of an era. The end of an era. <laughs> oh, remember serial killers? True crime. Le yeah, serial killers. I think that was their heyday. Was that the was late 70s, 70s, through 80s. Uh, through the 80s mm -hmm. and there were a couple that you know spiked our interest after that Jeffrey Dahmer he's out sure. there in the 90s I believe but uh, this was also the year that DNA started becoming admissible in court so Amazing. Uh, what uh, that I mean, really handicaps the serial killing yeah <laughs> <laughs> that pesky DNA oh <laughs> Yeah. If it weren't for Jurassic Park explaining us what it is, you know, I don't think the general public would really even still care about DNA. <laughs> sure. Well, people were br trying to make DNA admissible in cases in the 90s. And yeah. if you've got uh, old jury duty members that are like, oh, what is this? Yeah, yeah, Flim yeah. flam. This sounds, yeah. Like, this sounds like cellular phrenology. What are you talking I, I about? I wasn't made from no monkey, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, uh, so sci sci you know, science, it takes a little while for pop culture to catch up with science. Ugh, I know. Science. Something uh, I do not know anything about. You know, what I was thinking about with uh, Uncle Buck and 1989 was it felt like this was a time where the baby boomer generation who's making movies mm -hmm. and who are the big comedians of the time are starting to age out of being rebellious teens, mm -hmm. rebellious 20-somethings. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're in their early 40s, and they mm -hmm. are making more family I don't want to say family-friendly, but mm -hmm. family-centric fair. Family-centric, yes, and, yes, yes. And uh, other big movies that came out this year were Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. Oh, amazing. So this one is, of course, about Indy reconciling with his father, Sean mm -hmm. Connery. Sean. Hmm. Interesting. Friend of the pod. Yeah. <laughs> then also Ghostbusters 2 came out this year. So good. And, and we don't have the freewheeling single fun Ghostbusters now. Mm -hmm. We've got uh, Bill Murray, a little bit older, trying to save a baby, baby Oscar, from becoming baby Oscar. the vessel for Vigo. Oh, my God. You also have uh, Rick Moranis with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids what coming out this year. What a movie. Have you rewatched that recently? I have not. Great. Does I this, highly recommend. Does the, do the special effects hold up? Honestly, I was terrified. <laughs> I was like, what, how did they make this happen, this giant ant? I loved it. It's really fun to watch. And yeah. I, um, I don't know if you guys got this, but I was being funny. 
the special uh. effects don't hold up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so like amazing. it's a green screen giant. Oh, ants. it's amazing! It's so fun. I I will. I'll check out a couple clips of it on YouTube. That's after great. This. That's probably all you need. Yeah, but I was just thinking about this whole. Um, what is it? This the alums from Second City. Yeah. Who and uh, that sort of like era mm-hmm. of comedy. So you have Moranis, and then also the same year, Steve Martin came out with Parenthood. Oh my gosh! This so, I can't believe these all came out in the same. Were, you're very. I love that. The uh, yeah, it is like very. Whereas like Breakfast Club and the things that came out what like six seven years earlier than this were all about like rebellious teens like you're saying and now it's like yeah yeah now it's becoming about like all right the next phase like and not to say like uh obviously a a, a rebellious teen is a huge part in this movie but it's more centered around like how john candy's kind of dealing with her and almost like uh kind of um what's the word like because he's such a rebellious adult Yes. The fact that like he's kind of having to figure out how like their relationship. And I wonder if Uncle Buck is a proxy for John Hughes seeing himself now in early middle age. I'm sure. You know, yeah, and, uh, because like watching Uncle Buck, it's different from the other John Hughes movies because it focuses on a 40 year old man as the hero. Yeah. Wrangling uh, children in adolescence. Yes. yes you know, yes. which was basically him as a director making these earlier films. Oh, my God. Love this. And, yes. Uh, and it's from this immature adults perspective. Not the teens perspective, like right. like Molly Ringwald or even or right. Ferris Bueller, like Matthew Broderick. Sure. You know, and uh, it automatically like makes movies, I think, at least for me, like it makes movies like The Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Sixteen Candles and Pretty in Pink cooler because those are movies about you, uh, youth culture from the youth perspective. Right. And Uncle Buck is now it's family fair. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because you can watch this movie with your parents. Everyone's got a perspective in it. Whereas there, I think, would be nothing more mortifying than watching the group therapy scene in Breakfast Club with your parents. <laughs> For sure. And having them be like, do you think about killing yourself with a flare gun? I'm like, I've never thought about never shooting thought myself with a flare gun. <laughs> At school, so we can, you know, watching yeah, yeah, yeah. watching teens cry on screen with your family is gross. Really weird, yeah. Because then they want to talk to you, and I'm like, don't fucking talk to me. Yeah. Uh, so um, this is yeah, Uncle Buck, man. It's it's wholesome, a midwestern fun, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's I, I I call this movie a middle class flyover state, uh, family uh, rom com. Love it, love it. What a what a description! Also, this is the world's like real true introduction to Macaulay Culkin. This Thank is you. his first big role, mm-hmm. and he fucking kills it. Well, and John Hughes obviously did Home Alone, so like Macaulay did Home Alone because of this movie. The seeds of Home Alone are in in this, this movie. movie. Absolutely, you can Macaulay's see it. playing the pranks. He's doing the dishes. I mean, that kid fucking kills this movie some of my favorite scenes are with him he's amazing yeah his uh and gabby hoffman uh, gabby hoffman has the best eyebrows in the Uh, game and to this day baby she's always it like the way you've always had bangs yes always she's always had those killer brows killer brows baby and the 80s were the time for it i love it i love it so uh well we can um we can hop into the premise for this mm-hmm. if you're uh, yeah, so, I'm ready. So, so the, uh, f- the family in this film has recently moved to Indiana from Indianapolis, mm-hmm. you know, another hotbed, uh, culturally vibrant cosmopolitan city. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and they've moved to the posh suburbs of Chicago. Yes. Where every John Hughes movie takes every John place. Hughes. And, and that is what I will say is my least favorite thing about a lot of these movies is their... So they always say like middle class and then you look at their house and I'm like, who the fuck's middle class is that? Like all these movies are mostly about like rich people. I mean, I don't know what the suburbs are like in the Midwest. I grew up on the East Coast, but like, you know, I, to me, it was always like these very well off families. Dude, these families have bundles and stacks. It's crazy. And even when you look Who has at- like a living room they don't use? You know what I mean? They yeah. always have like a sitting room. Who has that? Well, Rich people. When you look at the, the way that the children are dressed up, those are not those outfits for the precocious teens and, yeah. uh, and kids. It's like you don't wear clothes like that as a kid. You wear mm. scuffed up, dirty, yeah. beat up jeans. You look like shit. Yeah. <laughs> because who cares what you look like? Yeah. You know? Your, your outfit is like an artist schmock, basically, yeah. <laughs> because you're constantly getting it stained with mustard and ketchup. You don't buy your kids designer clothes. Yeah, yeah Unless no. you have the money, whatever, unless you're just dripping with cash. It's wild. Dude, my kids are going to wear potato sacks. Oh, my God. I love that for until, you. <laughs> until, po- until they go through puberty. <laughs> I'm going to dress my kids like Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> but they'll live in New York. It'll be very weird. I love yeah, it. Yeah. It's just going to be rolled up, rolled up pants. Yeah. And yeah every yeah. year, we're just going to unroll it one. <laughs> one more. One exactly. more. Yep. I love that. So, uh, so okay, so the family has recently moved from Indianapolis, and the kids are having a tough time transitioning, especially our 15-year-old protagonist, Tia, who's mean to her parents and everyone else. She, yeah, but I get it. You teen girl, it's a hard, it's a hard time. You, you ripped her from all her friends. I never moved as a kid. Did you move as a kid? I did not move as a kid, but I did spend uh, two to three months every year at my grandma's house okay. in the suburbs of uh, L.A. Oh, wow. So that was tough because, uh, you know, she just it was just isolating from yeah, all during your the summers. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, I can't summer's wait for the summer. Summer is like when I want to hang out with my pals. Yeah. And I just leave. Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> See that? So you probably identify with this a bit. Like, I never had that as a kid. I always was. I told you all my family lived around us. I was just with my cousins in the summers and I always lived in Fairfax. I just always lived there until I moved to New York city. Sure. You lived like a pre-modern Amazonian villager. Yeah. I like sur- knew everyone. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Surrounded by a tribe, a family. Yeah. A family yeah, yeah. Of friends. A Very network. drunk family. <laughs> Hashtag it takes a village. Ooh, bitch. Of- <laughs> yeah. But like, I, 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 I like her in this, uh, in this movie because she's such a, bitch and that's how you feel like as a teen on the inside i hated my mother for so long every teenage girl does they always just everything everybody's doing seems like completely against you and what you want to do you feel so alone so powerless so powerless yeah she can't do she can't do anything Mm -hmm. and she she has uh she has the words she has the the intellect to yes. be mean and cutting, yes. but doesn't have empathy yet yeah. or an idea of uh, long-term consequences. Yes, or just like uh, she doesn't have perspective on how lucky she is. Right. <laughs> you know? She has this beautiful life, family who loves her, and a kooky Uncle Buck. Hell yeah. So uh, so our friend Tia, she's dating an older creep named Bug. Oh, amazing. What a name. What, speaking of her being cutting, there's a line in the movie where uh, – he uh he's talk uh, Buck's talking to her and he's making fun of the fact that his name's Bug and she goes you're one to talk Buck Woo! <laughs> bitch and uh so Bug is such an early 90s 80s name I love sure. it 
Uh, yeah. Well, in uh, the Cosby Show, uh, Theo's best friend's name was Roach. Yes, so that is true. That? Yes. Yeah, kids. You love Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> Gabe has really been trying to bring up Cosby the whole time. The whole I've been time. Here. Yeah, I think yeah, be- before we started recording, I was like, "Can I? Is can it okay please. if I bring him up? How many times can I bring him up? Yeah, bring okay, once. Okay, that's right, the one. You cool. got the one. All right, let's <laughs> move on. <laughs> there we go. And uh, and so you know, in in all fairness, Bug. Uh, is just trying to shoot his shot. Yeah, I got no no qualms with Bug. They yeah. make him out to be a villain, but hey, man, he's just a horny teen boy. He's a horny teen, a privileged horny teen. His he says his dad's a lawyer. It's he's just a he's just a douchebag. Yeah, that's that's all Bug is. He's just out there, you know. Um, and so uh, so the mo- mom's uh, dad has a heart attack in Indianapolis, and uh, on short notice, the only viable long term babysitter is. Our boy, Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck, baby, you be. And the yeah. Nevilles aren't home. The Nevilles are in Florida, and the dog's a ball sniffer. That's the, <laughs> best, that's the best part. Okay. Yeah, wow. Macaulay's getting these uh, graphic lines. That, Macaulay uh, killed it. Sure. Michael Jackson heard uh, Macaulay say that and was like, I need to invite this boy over. <laughs> I need to invite this young boy over. It's like, he's like, you're staying with the Nevilles. Is that a joke? Their dog's a ball sniffer. I'm yeah. sorry. He just oh. paused. Uh, rewound and played that again and ate his popcorn like yeah, a neat yeah. Michael Jackson meme where he's just here in the comments watching. Oh my god. <laughs> so uh so the yeah, Uncle Buck, he's an estranged brother who lives in a rundown apartment next to Wrigley Field in a room full of Chicago Cubs paraphernalia. And to be honest, who likes the Cubs that much? <laughs> Chunk candy. <laughs> <laughs> he loves the Cubs. And um, and so what? Uh, he's forty years old. He's a drinker, a gambler, mm-hmm. a bachelor. Yes, bitch. He, he dates a trashy woman who sells tires. Oh, Shanice Kobalaski. I don't know why they think that's trashy. That is a great. That's a bad fucking bitch. Yeah. Oh my god, I love Shanice. And uh, she's the best. Do you know that actress married to Ed Harris uh, since a- like the eighties? Amy Mad Madigan. Yes. Madigan. Madigan. Madigan? Something like that. Yeah. She's the best. Yeah. Nominated for an Oscar. Bitch. For what movie? Do you remember? I do not remember. That's fine. Okay. (laughs) We'll edit that back later. Oh, there's no editing. We we play fast and loose here with facts. Uh, So, yeah, basically, like I said, he's this Bukowski character with a heart of gold. Beautiful. And, uh, you know, we've painted this backstory of what he is as a gambler and as a drinker and smoker. And you'd think that he would be a little bit more like a, a filthy guy but somehow his lifestyle has not at all sullied his soul uh, that is a perfect way to put it that's you know? my ba- he just like i think a lot of times in movies they make people such a character caricature of like a drinker or a smoke or whatever they like have to be a bad guy but it's like no those are full people also alcoholics are good people too you know what i mean i mean again i grew up with them i like yeah. you know you can be a good person and fix horse races <laughs> you know that's like they're not mutually exclusive so buck shows up at the house and hilarity ensues as uh he comes to the suburbs and and all of their lives change for the better as he bonds with these precocious kids and helps guide a teenage daughter through her rocky adolescence. Love it. Couple of favorite parts of the hilarity is uh, 
when it's Macaulay Culkin's birthday and Buck makes uh, giant pancakes using a snow shovel and uh, they come downstairs and he has this giant stack of pancake, like absurdly large pancakes. And he goes, you should see the toast. I couldn't even get it through the door. <laughs> Wildly unhygienic. <laughs> Wildly unhygienic. How about, and then also when he goes down to the elementary school because uh, Gabby Hoffman has been uh, acting up and he chews out the principal for being too hard on her. Oh, wow. I wrote down this scene, too, and I put it in bold. Amazing. And uh, being a, so this is interesting to me because uh, John Hughes, I think a trope in his films is that he critiques school as being authoritarian. Yes. And he always makes the uh, teachers and principals out to be monsters. Yes. So you like you have Ed Rooney, that character yes. in Ferris Bueller's Ferris Day Bueller, Off. Yeah. And you also have the AP in um, Vernon, who is in... Uh, breakfast club yeah and then in this you have this woman oh my who God. is just such a tight ass oh my god and it's it, amazing it, and she has a huge mole on her face mm-hmm. and buck can't get over it and she's being such a bitch and he comes in he's like how you doing buck russell uncle molly's wart <laughs> because she has this huge thing on her face and then he flings her a nickel and he says go downtown and have a rat and all that thing off your face uh mole shaming I don't know if we could do that in 2020. Okay, you're it feels right. like some body shaming. Yeah, here it was a little that's... inappropriate in Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is the 80s. We didn't know any better. <laughs> and uh, and and being coming from education, being a former educator, and still working with the Story Pirates, I find I always bristle at these John Hughes depictions of teachers because you know it, it almost feels like a Republican take. Sure. It feels very conservative because what does something like this lead to? If schools are turning our kids into robots, if schools aren't appreciating the children, then uh, what what do you have to do if you're wealthy or if you hate if you're skeptical? You 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 have homeschooled kids. Right. 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 And you don't and you stop funding education. So. I could see that point of view. He's also definitely a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's in candy both. Not yeah. as much as I love John Candy. But I um, I also wonder if it could be also more just like how you feel as a kid. Because like so many kids feel like, you know, yeah. they are like, a, you know, your teachers are like the, the you don't want to go to school when you're a kid. I wrote down in, in caps, uh, God bless the kids. <laughs> And uh, this is child worship propaganda. <laughs> and this is pandering to his young yeah. audience. <laughs> it is. Because I yeah. was like, a very unrealistic take. Also, Uncle Buck enters the school chomping on his cigar. Oh, amazing. And then realizes he's smoking a cigar in an elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> Which, okay, so go ahead. <laughs> no, no, please. Yeah. My One time my dad dropped me off at elementary school in his pickup truck. And uh, it was like the kiss and ride. And uh, I swing open the door and I get like swing my feet out. And I kicked like two empty beer cans out from the bottom of my dad, the floorboards of four floorboards of my dad's truck and they started rolling down the driveway in my elementary school my dad's going god damn it Cordy, go get those beers <laughs> and i'm chasing <laughs> after these beer cans and the teachers at the kiss and ride are like oh my <laughs> so i get it all right i get it you know you yeah. can't uh no matter if you're in elementary school you just gotta be yourself <laughs> then he, he goes to the little kids bathroom oh that's the best every school has the adult bathroom so that you're never put in a position where you are at a baby urinal like that <laughs> 
But hilarious to watch the physical humor of John Candy as he tries to scooch down. Oh, I love and, it. And uh, pee into the tiny. You know what I was thinking too? He uh, and I think uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus is like this too. Their comedy is so fucking real and subtle. You know what I mean? Like their physical humor is so simple. It's not like a Jim Carrey, but it's still so fucking funny. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he, he plays uh, for realism a lot yeah. of the time in this movie. He's and almost like a straight man, but not a straight man. Do you know what I mean? I wrote down uh, maybe five or six different scenes to like break down and analyze uh, John Candy's humor because he does... He shows a range of different ways of getting laughs. It's amazing. Throughout. And that and you brought up the first one where he, it's like wordplay as he stumbles through uh talking about moles. <laughs> Just and, yeah. Perfect. And, Uncle Molly's wart. <laughs> <laughs> and Old then, melanoma head, that's what he says. And uh he uh, and then and then and then he does the broad stuff too with the pancakes at Macaulay Culkin, Culkin's birthday. Yeah. And I have to say though, right after that, when we have the birthday clown show up, the '80s felt like everybody was giving these birthday clowns a bad rap. Yeah. I can't believe that the clown industry survived. Survived. The I negative know. Negative well, PR campaign. It kind of hasn't though. Right. Kids are all scared. Clowns are scary. Right. <laughs> right? You had uh, Shakes the Clown, a movie about an alcoholic clown. You yeah. have this clown. In The Simpsons, you have Krusty the Clown. Who wants that guy showing up to uh, anything? I'm sorry. How about it? Yeah. <laughs> John Wayne Gacy. Exactly. Serial killer clown. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. I mean, clowns Also are... Midwest icon. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, <laughs> shout outs to another real one. <laughs> uh, so who knew that we'd be talking about serial killers so much? So much. Light motif in this Uncle Bug. Uh, a retrospective here um so a uh, bowling that was a fun scene too oh i love the ball i love the guy with the toothpick me and my sister used to uh do that the guy who's hitting on tia the 15 year old at mm-hmm. the guy he's like he's like i got a brand new bronco out front you know oh god love that guy he, you know yeah i don't know if you've seen true detective but he looks like rust cole yes you know when you first stepped on i was like is that like matt is that yeah. a sickly matthew mcconaughey totally you know until you got the close-up and then clearly it's a different actor but it so yeah so good so, so good. good me and my sister used to do that twirling the toothpick thing around gag all the time sure i love that love he choked it. on it oh yeah <laughs> 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 and uh let's see here but other things that uh candy does that are are kind of funny 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 stuff he uh i like when he gets on the phone early on with shanice mm-hmm. and it's him would you would you just is it that one? Yes. Oh, could you let me? Could you? Who would you? Ah, uh, so fucking good. That is timing, baby. Great. Yes. Great comedic timing from Candy. I and love that. The um, and I think Shanice is uh, like I don't know. She's such a she's such a perfect real person too in it. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of times in like 80s comedies uh, and 90s comedies. Comedies today, people just get too polarized in like a different direction. Like Shanice is kind of like a foil to to Buck's play this perfect life. But she's also just real and you love her too. Like she's real and she's just working and trying her goddamn best to make ends meet and trying to run her business and just wants a goddamn family. She's not a harpy. She's not. She's yeah, not she's not a, that annoying woman character. Yes, she is. 
she has her own desires, like you said. But she also she also is compassionate. Yeah, you can see why uh, Buck would like her. Yeah. If this was played as a broader um, sort of, I'd say like more misogynist film. Absolutely, she would just be. A, t- a total bitch the Why whole time. Why do you have a baby and why can't I do this? And like yeah. so many times <laughs> the woman gets portrayed that way. And I just love how Shanice is just like a fucking badass. And she's she's a bottom bitch, man. She she's is. Down. She doesn't she's take down. his shit, but she's also fucking down. Yeah, she'll come and, and uh, babysit yeah. when he calls on a favor for her. Yeah. And, this is, and when she shows up to the house and Macaulay Culkin is there uh, at the door uh, flapping open the letterbox, oh that is... You can see again the seeds of Home Alone. Oh, absolutely! When they uh, lock Buck out of the house, too. Oh my God, is my favorite. He's like, "Who let the cat out? We don't have a cat." <laughs> and then they lock him out. I love it. Oh, also, you know who we haven't talked about? Icon, legend, Lori Metcalf. Lori Metcalf, who oh. is the sister in Roseanne for most people. Mm-hmm. Uh, hilarious. The mom and Lady Bird. How about recently, that? Academy Award nominee. Ooh, great movie. You should watch it. Sure. Amazing. She's an incredible actress. And she is dressed like a uh, oh. rich oh uh, princess alien from Star Trek in this movie. <laughs> yes, she fucking is. Where? In like riding <laughs> pants. It's so weird. I yeah, love it. Like weird leather vests. Oh, yeah. Uh, Big time. She's like the horny neighbor. Mm-hmm. Oh, but she's so funny. She's such a weirdo in this movie. I love it. She keeps the hyphenated name after Frost after getting divorced. After getting divorced. Who keeps she's their... a modern woman. Yes. <laughs> In a, a weird possessive way, too, yeah. though. Like, not only uh, we're going to get divorced, I'm going to be independent, but I'm going to keep your name. I'm stealing <laughs> your name. And uh, Lonely, I felt for her. I felt, uh, what do you do if you get to pr- uh, divorced and you live in the suburbs like in that? In this giant house by yourself? Isolated. She says, one of the lines she says when Buck kind of blows her off, she goes, I'll just wait for the Federal Express man. <laughs> it's like, oh, honey. I feel like we all know that woman. It's like, just wants to talk to anybody. Sure. You know? And uh, that scene, that sh- is a showcase. Her intro is a showcase for uh, John Candy's humor again, because he is having a really tough time with the washing machine oh. and sort of the misdirection of him uh, speaking in a rough manner to that machine, sounding <laughs> very much like my favorite Pornhub clips. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. it, they, she like l- truly thinks that he's raping <laughs> her fucking neighbor. It's crazy. It is. Yeah. And I was uh, looking up un- Uncle Buck on uh, the internet and there's like a website that tells you for parents to uh-huh. check on like what's appropriate or not appropriate in a movie, what topics does it deal with? And they brought up this scene. Yeah. As like, it's well, like... it's something you might have to talk to your kids about. <laughs> you know? Oh, my God. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it plays for both adults and kids. Yes, yes. But I feel like as a kid, okay, it's also like uh, in Ace Ventura, you know, when he's getting a blowjob. When sure. I was a kid, I didn't know that what was <laughs> happening. I had no fucking idea. Yeah. I just thought she was tossing him around, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't think I understood that till much later as an adult. Right. Yes. Right. You thought it was murder that yeah. was happening. I was like, she's going to kill him? <laughs> So uh, then uh, John Candy also has great timing when it comes to uh, sort of putting his foot in his mouth and asking people dumb questions that paint him in a bad light. Yes. Like he gets to the house and he, uh, she's uh, the mother's writing him a check oh. to pay 
and he's like, uh, do you have a plunger? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's also like when she's writing him the check, um, she's like, he's like, oh, no, please. I can I can pay for everything. Don't worry. And then she's like, oh, are, are you sure I can pay you back when we get home? And he goes, uh, do you think I'll have any problem cashing a two second party out of state travelers <laughs> checks? And she's like, I'll just leave you a check. Like everything he says, he's like trying so hard, but he's such a fight. Exactly. Yeah. He's like looking for a plunger. He later he's on like, in the I'm movie, up. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> I'm eating, eating a, a lot, lot of cheese. cheese. I feel like a big mouse or something. <laughs> yeah. I'm just getting a craving. I'm just got a craving for it. You think it's an allergy? <laughs> I cannot. And later on, he's like, uh, he's like, should I leave water out for the dog? I just been leaving the toilet. Seat up. <laughs> yeah, that bl- is that blue water okay? Oh, that might be the problem. Then. That might be the problem. Uh, <laughs> it's fucking disgusting. I love it. Yes, he. So those are those are all. They showcase just different ways that he he has both physicality, uh, wordplay, and he can just keep a keep a joke rolling. Oh, he really can. And just the the dialogue delivery is perfect. There's a scene when uh, he's driving all the kids to school in his old beat up car, which. Oh, love this car. My one of my first boyfriends had a car very similar to this, and the radio didn't work when it was cloudy outside. <laughs> okay, it's like the car had arthritis. Exactly, <laughs> I just can't right now. <laughs> but he's in the car with the kids. He's got uh, Macaulay and Gabby in the back, and Tia's in the front. And she's like, uh, she says, "Has anyone ever embarrassed you the way you're doing to me?" And he like pauses for a long time, and he goes. No. <laughs> it's like just so fucking perfect. It's so yeah. perfect. And that's when he wins the little kids. Oh, yeah. The little kids are down for it. They call him UB. They want to sleep with him. They sure. like, oh, my God. I love when they're like, uh, he's like, you know, I've got a guy. They, they're like, we brushed our teeth. He's like, you know, I got a guy downtown who can test your toothbrushes to see if you just ran them under the faucet. They're both like terrified. <laughs> it's so fucking cute. I wish I was a little kid forever. <laughs> Yeah, what's up with little kids not wanting to brush their teeth, though? It's so weird. You know, I have a home video of me uh, throwing a temper tantrum because I didn't want to wash my hair. <laughs> Nude in the tub. I yeah. didn't want to wash my hair. Maybe it's little kids know that it's important to be dirty. Yeah. You know, yeah, they're yeah. like, I'm still downloading microbes, everybody. Yeah. I'm, try- I'm working on my immune system immune right system. now. Immune system, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> can you just get- feed me more fistfuls of dirt from the street? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Now I fucking live for a shower. You know when you right. when you're high and you brush your teeth, there's very few feelings that good. I will uh, say that. A shower just, is the reset button. Oh, it really is. Just one hung over no matter what happens, shower will fix it. It's taking the Nintendo cartridge out of the machine and blowing it <laughs> <laughs> for your brain. Yes. That's what I was doing. I would watch this movie and then go fucking play Duck Hunt on yeah. my Nintendo. You're like, I need to kill some birds now. Yeah. <laughs> Get it out of my system. What game has a gun in it? Okay, Duck Hunt. Here Perfect. we go. Sure. Uh, and uh, Buck, he um, he's uh, Shanice versus Marcy. That was a thing I was thinking about. And I felt so. And and it's funny that Tia and Buck, one game that they've been playing this whole movie is uh, cock blocking each other. Love that. Love that. Love to cock block your uncle. <laughs> There is a moment like after she tells Shanice that Buck has been hanging out with Marcy to kind of get back at him. She hangs up the phone and she does have a moment of remorse, which was very beautiful. Yes. She yeah. gets a little bit like, mm, I shouldn't have done that. Tia, Tia. And uh, she, 
You know, I wonder, this movie came out in 89, and Breakfast Club was like 85. So this actress, she had big shoes to fill to be yes. to be the moody teenager. After for seeing... sure. She also has been in so many other things. She was on Yes, Dear for a long time. She's done like a lot of other stuff since then. She's still like a working actress. I forget yeah. her damn name, though. It's okay. <laughs> we, Google you know, her. People can look it up. <laughs> you know, what's, you know yeah. what's interesting about Uncle Buck? I think the premise of this movie is amazing and like uh opens up so many characters and dynamics and relationships and like uh these kind of like upper middle class people with this like seedy city folk and like you know i think it's a really good premise but they have they tried to make a tv show about it in the 90s failed horribly mike epps tried to make this into a tv show like a couple years ago failed horribly i don't understand like something about this movie just like the magic of it it doesn't there's no sequel there's no nothing it's just like stands alone no one could ever redo it well this so i i i didn't see this movie when it came out mm-hmm. uh I, I the first time i've seen it was for this podcast so Insane. thank you of Courtney, course for I... introducing me to uncle buck and it is my life's greatest achievement maybe because of it, it it has that wholesome Midwestern vibe to mm-hmm. it. And I don't know if that was exactly what I was in the mood for when it came out, but there is a movie like it called um, uh, Down and Out in Beverly Hills. Oh, never seen it. Where Nick Nolte is a homeless oh, man Mickey. who a- enters a, re- a wealthy house uh-huh. and, ma- and changes everybody's life for the better. Love it. Okay, I'm watching that tonight. So oh, wait, Super Bowl's tonight. I'll watch it tomorrow. <laughs> it's fantastic. Okay, wait, I'm going to write it down. And uh, this trope, I... We can call this trope the Rasputin trope because you have a Rasputin was like the yeah, from Russia. From Russia, yeah. He was a, a wild fornicating alcoholic monk. Yeah. Uh, and sort of wild eyed crazy man. But the then, the royalty like believed in his powers. And he heals the kids and yeah. he heals the he, he makes everybody's life better while yeah. he's there yeah. by turning it upside down. Yeah, that and, that's a crazy story. And outrageous uh what is sorry, I just said it, down and out in Beverly Hills yeah. is a version of that. Uncle Buck is to a degree yeah. a version of that. It's like the hard drinking, gambling wild man who comes and disrupts suburban domesticity. Yeah, but like for the better, like brings the the love out of everybody and the family. Because <laughs> the family is very divided. The, in the beginning, the mom doesn't remember that hockey's over for Macaulay Culkin and they're like just eating takeout and like not really talking and obviously the teen, you know, but after Buck comes, everyone's like, it's important to love our family. Yeah, it was an easy fix. Uh, <laughs> it, it happened way too quickly for me, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I needed Sure. see a little bit more a uh, transformation happen and uh but you're absolutely you're you're right we need we need an uncle buck if he's a proxy for john hughes uncle buck represents this sort of like counterculture uh in he is an immature man yeah he's the man who never grew up the Chicago, the chicago too like the city man versus like the suburban settled down person and who is it that can actually reach the kids? Right. Someone else. It, it, this is also another message that's, I don't know how appropriate, I don't know. It, yeah. But there's an ideology behind it that's mm-hmm. like, look at these, uh, w- look, us, the cool boomers. Yeah, 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 the down, cool boomers. Are the ones that can reach the kids. You know, this. Me- not your teachers. Yeah. Not your parents. Not your authoritarian squares. Right. You know. I, uh, there, th- this movie is 
I think a good family movie, like you said, I it I think it's really funny. Um, it is like I I say it's my favorite movie in the world because it makes it the nostalgia this movie has for me is so deep. Like this movie, like I can remember watching this movie in my parents' room with my sisters all piled in like in sweatpants and pillows and like in bed together on a Sunday morning. We're not church people, you know, and we were watching uncle buck and like that. It's like the same reason why I love football so much. I just have all these like family memories like of watching this movie, you know? Wow. Yeah. yeah that was me and my brother and sister all wearing Kung Fu pajamas watching Indiana Jones. And yeah. The Temple of Doom. There you go. Exactly. Just chilled monkey brains. Totally. See, we're like, we're like the comedy fan. Like we're the, the cool <laughs> runnings and the uncle bucks and, uh, the, all the Eddie Murphy, like late eighties, early nineties movies, then into Adam Sandler and Chris Farley movies. Like those were the movies my family watched over and over and over again. And uh, yeah, that's why this this movie was probably one of the first ones. So that's why it like holds this very beautiful, special place in my heart. And it internationally holds a special place for a lot of people. You know, you brought up that, that it, it didn't have successful remakes in the United States. Mm-hmm. However, oh. they made an Indian version of yes. this in the uh, Malay, Malayalam language. Yes, uh, uh, Uncle Bun. <laughs> look that up on youtube it looks like a vaporwave yeah uh tim and eric yeah acid fever dream yes it which is... i also live for <laughs> yes uh so check out uncle bun uncle... everybody it's on youtube should we watch that movie and then come back and do another podcast <laughs> so yeah, it's gonna uh, be a two-parter a hundred percent and we'll have sound clips from it in <laughs> yeah in it's original language with no subtitles or translation we'll have no idea what What's going on but it'll be fun <laughs> yeah uh and this uh this it's, this movie was a hit it cost uh 15 million to make and it uh grossed a lot so it was like it, 76 million yes, i think i looked seven, it up yeah Some, uh, it made like 60 million dollars or something insane so and it, it uh jump-started the career for macaulay culkin oh home alone came right after this and uh and the one i just wish the one thing that i i wish uh that this movie had that it didn't was I love horse races. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. the track. Yeah. Uh, I love, love the anxiety of it. Gritty yeah. movies where oh, yeah. people are at the track just being oh, yeah. dirt bags. Because, like, it's, I grew up next door to a horse racing guy and uh, who smoked, smoked so many cigars. Actually, I smoked my first cigar probably at like 12 years old because he gave me one, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, which is really fucked up when you think about it. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> explains a lot about myself. But, uh, but yeah, I just go into like horse races with him and shit it's like just a such a specific certain type of person i would have loved that scene if yeah. it was in the movie just having them go and having uh mccully and the little girl Maisie. Maisie, yeah Ugh. gabby hoffman's character if the, just having them at the horse races would be so good yeah so funny that's the extended cut yeah I oh see. my god i would love that that's on the cutting room floor we oh before we we wrap up uh, one other thing that i thought was really interesting i don't know if you've there's like a uh, Netflix series about the movies that made us. Have you yeah. guys seen that? So they did Home Alone, um, which John Hughes wrote, and uh, they did not direct, but they what they did in that movie is build sets in a high school that they were renting out 
like for the production of this movie. And I found out before doing this pod uh, that they did that for Uncle Buck as well. Yeah. Like his apartment and all this stuff were like built in a gymnasium of a high school that they like had their production company out of. And they built classrooms in there too because they work with so many kids. It's crazy. That between uh, cuts, yeah. they had to send the kids out to like like. Go- it's, isn't yeah. that insane like craft services it, it's so smart when you think about it like craft services in the cafeteria the kids are actually learning and like you know it's yeah. so crazy yeah but anyways so, I thought it was interesting that's a yeah I like that fact um well we uh we have done it I think that we have not exhausted the topic of Uncle Buck but we've definitely uh, done a, a really good deep dive and so I'd say for anybody that hasn't seen this movie it is a family friendly mm-hmm. classic that uh, works for adults. Like I, I could it. watch this with kids and not be annoyed. Yes. And you can watch this as a kid and be like, all right, this is pretty cool. Uh, we're learning some things, some valuable life lessons about valuable lessons, consent <laughs> and uh, not dating old dirt bags mm-hmm. that dress in, uh, mm-hmm. in, in trench coats yep. and berets and take, berets. You to, take you to bonfires. No, no, don't mess with bugs. <laughs> but, um, uh, so I'd give this film, uh, like, let's say, seven out of ten wet cigars. Wet cigars. <laughs> I love it. I um, think if you're watching this movie for the first time, I'm going to say I'm going to give it exactly the same. Uh, but for me, this is like an 11 out of 10 uh, uh uh, PBRs, you know, <laughs> like I just, I just, it really just makes me feel happy. I've learned a lot about you and your background. Thank during you so this, much. Uh, Thank you. During this. <laughs> and so Cor- Courtney McGinnis, we want people to be able to find you. I know you've got podcasts. I know yeah. you do shows. Yeah. What is it that, where can people uh, keep following you you know Gabe thank you so much for asking me that it's at Court McGinnis on all social media CourtneyMcGinnis.com if you're nasty of course and <laughs> I, uh, I I run a podcast called The Narcissistas it's uh, N-A-R-C-I-S-I-S-T-A-S yes and uh, we are it's just the gayest podcast you could ever imagine I'd love to have you on we talk about divas pop culture very very important stuff we're right in the middle of our Lady Gaga series very excited we do a whole deep dive on Lady Gaga we just finished up j-lo in time for the super bowl so very important work i'm doing so thanks for noticing also (laughs) thank you so much for having me this was a a damn blast i could talk about this movie forever hell yeah well i I, I really was holding back on doing quotes so i hope i wasn't (laughs) too annoying because i'm like i my sisters and i can speak entirely in quotes about john candy movies hell yeah Yeah. well and for uh and now i want to go back and see if i can find some camp candy animated episodes oh yes uh youtube because he was he was great and his sctv stuff is great uh his character in um, Vacation is great Amazing. as the security, the guard, security guard for Wally World. Uh, he's great in Home Alone. Yeah. He's like, is it the polka player? Polka, polka. Yeah. So RIP to a real one. John oh, Candy well died then. from a heart attack in 1994. So sad. Uh, making Canadian Bacon, yeah. which was a Michael Moore directed film. Wow. Michael Moore directed that? Yes. No idea. It was a satirical take on the U.S. going to war with Canada. Jesus. So... Uh, I haven't seen that either. I haven't seen that either. But I think I was just bummed out and sad because, yeah. you know, uh, there's that, the the cloud of Candy's death hangs yeah, over it. Yeah, man. He uh, he ate lasagna and then never woke up. <laughs> oh. That's really actually what happened. It's so fucking sad, man. Sure. And he has two kids who are now, I think they're both actors. 
but they uh, they look exactly like him, and it's so fucking sad. His wife never dated or remarried or anything. She's just always his widow. Sure. It's really fucking sad. Well, once you've seen, once you've experienced the best. Yeah. How do you go? Where do you go? Yeah. Uh, also, my dad looks exactly like Jack Candy. <laughs> so maybe I'm biased. Well, uh, this is Gabe Pacheco. You can find me at GabePacheco.com. And uh, please uh, rate, review, and subscribe to Eat, Pray, Judge. We love reviews. If you write us a review, we'll read it over the air. Yes, bitch. All right. uh, And we'll be back next week with a new episode. Thank you. We love you. Bye. We love you. And you're wishing someone could cure your lonely condition. Looking for love in all the wrong places. No fine girls, just ugly faces. From frustration, first inclination is to become a monk and leave the situation. But every dark tunnel has a light of hope, so don't hang yourself with a celibate rope. New movies showing, so you're going. Could care less about the five you're blowing. Theater gets dark just to start the show. Then you spot a fine woman sitting in your row. She's dressed in yellow. She says, Hello, come sit next to me, you fine fellow. You run over there without a second to lose.